Konbawa. Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terrorist Out. So Terrorist Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together, and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing, and we absolutely hope you love the show, follow along, and enjoy. I'm Michelle. And I'm Caitlin. And I'm Bethy. And we're ready to get terraced out. Woohoo! Today we have another amazing guest host. It's our second guest host ever, Bethy Squires of No Context Terrace House on all the social media platforms. Welcome! Welcome! Hi. Yay! So we are going to start our tradition which is like you're our second person so it's like our new tradition I guess. But <laughs> we're like, making um, it a tradition right of like <laughs> each guest host introducing themselves kind of a little like Harris house style introduction so start with your name your age and your pronouns where you're from what kind of work you do and if you're currently single or in a relationship you don't technically have to share the last part, but since every member has to, we always ask if you don't want to. It seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> but we do talk about relationships on here, so it's your call. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bethy. I'm 29. She, her. I live in Hollywood where I am a writer and, I guess, producer. I also run the No Context Terrace House Twitter, and I am married. Nice. Your first married guest. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Because <laughs> maybe you'll be able to like provide some insight as to like other things. Kind of like how now Yamachan is like the resident married person. I mean, not technically right now in this <laughs> moment on these episodes, but, you know, further down the line. Get more insight. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us a little bit about... Uh, your history with Terrace House, like when you became a fan and like why you like it. I think I heard about Terrace House first on a Bachelor recap podcast. It has since turned into a podcast just about things people like because Bachelor got too toxic and it was called, it's now called Wonderful, but they were talking about how right after this uh, married couple who did the podcast had their first child. While they were still in the recovery room, they watched all of Boys and Girls in the City in, like, one sitting, just sort of binging it. Mm -hmm. And it sounded really cool, and so I checked it out, and I appreciated how thoughtful it was and the way that people have genuine conversations about, like, hey, it hurt me when you talked like this, and we may not agree about some stuff, but we can be civil. Like, it was just very nice to see some quality low stakes television and then the stakes right. have been getting higher but yeah i still like it i i really understand what you mean about like the low stakes reality but then it's not the energy l level is 
is much more calming than compared to a Vanderpump Rules per se, or for example, which we have lovingly discussed on this podcast <laughs> a lot in depth. That's my other reality show, although I've also stopped watching it because I can't right. deal oh, with those it's, yeah. people Sometimes anymore. It's a little much. Yeah. It's tough. Like I, I took a break this season because I just couldn't. And then I kind of like got really stressed out the other day and was like, okay, I'm just going to catch up because I was getting behind on my like DM group and I felt like I needed to like catch up to the conversation. So I like binged them all and I, I low key skipped like a bunch of Jackson Brittany because I just, I couldn't deal with it. It's just too dark. The one thing though, I, I am starting to see like is starting to be a pattern that I'm hearing is that a lot of people who really love um, Terrace House also really enjoy Vanderpump Rules. And I'm, I'm starting to think that there's something there. I don't know. It's, it's so different. Yeah, what we learned. <laughs> like people, I asked them, like, what is your one like non non terrace house reality show? Would you say it's not Vanderpump Rules? Because for me, my other non reality, my other reality show is Vanderpump Rules, and our previous guest host said his was Vanderpump Rules as well. No, I would say it's Vanderpump Rules, <laughs> and I guess also old rips of MTV's Fear on YouTube. That's my <gasps> other reality show. <laughs> Nice. Deep cut. I like that. Tell us your top three favorite Terrace House members of all time. It's one of my favorites. Ooh, this is kind of tough. You know, I did a ranking of Terrace House members for Vulture, right? Yes. It's weird because it's not my personal top three. So I have to Ooh, think yes, about personal it. Top three. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good distinction is like having to write an article based on like the entirety of the show or like the series versus like your own personal. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I think number one is Sena. That's yeah. That's objective and personal. That's everybody. That's the universal that's standard. Yes. Then I I do feel tied kind of between the two Mizukis, both from Boys and Girls in the City and Opening New Doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since they have the same name, I'm counting them as one person. Yeah, I think and that's I'm fair. allowing myself to do that. And then weirdly tap. <laughs> What? Really? Here's the thing. I hate him, but he really helped me understand what the show was. And I feel like he's kind of this essential, your dreams are vague. (laughs) That's what the fights were going to be about on this show. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm in. I'm so in. Right. So I have a lot of residual affection for him. That's very, very fair. I think that's a really solid top three. It's very well-rounded and thoughtful. I don't even know if I can answer this question, to be honest. Like, I I have a top one, but, like, the others, <laughs> I, there are too many. I don't know how I could rank them. It's like they're my babies. But I'm going to come up with mine because I feel like Caitlin, well, Caitlin can't do hers yet because she hasn't watched all of the seasons. Mm, more but. time. <laughs> oh, man, this is tough. Okay. But, okay, this is a different, it's a slightly different, though. Which Terrace House members do you think would be in your immediate friend group? This isn't technically probably the same as your top three because you have to actually like like spending time with them yeah because there's no way I would actually spend time with Tap for sure (laughs) but I think that opening new doors Mizuki overlaps for both because she just gets drunk and models underwear and occasionally writes freelance and that's that's all of my friends (laughs) oh my god and her her relationship with her Korean on again off again boyfriend wasn't that her 
I yeah, felt like her. really painful. Like I was like, I've been in that situation before for reals. <laughs> and the way that she got like drunk, but then like her drunk was to get like very crying angry at you die for being terrible and it's like ooh, that that's relatable other than that i think probably avian and maybe guy Ooh, great avian is actually a friend a friend of a friend of mine (laughs) she's really good friends with a friend of mine and i hear she's actually really cool and i think that because she is friends with one of my friends that i really 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 like i think she is definitely like solid people and I'd probably really enjoy her. Yeah, she just seems very grounded and chill and able to navigate the world better than a lot <laughs> yeah. of people. She has, like, a good head on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. To explain Guy, I just had a lot of skate rats, which is kind of like the same as surf rats in my right. life in high school. So I feel like I would have been friends with Guy in high school and then not now. Right. I feel like I have the same vibe with the guy from Boys and Girls in this. Oh, no. Was it boy? No, it wasn't Boys and Girls. It was Boys and Girls in the City. Uh, Kaito. Or no, that was Opening New Doors. That, that was, was opening. Fun. That was the very oh, end of right. Opening New Doors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I liked him, too. Like the skater kid. He's friends mm-hmm. with Guy, I think. So pretty sure they're friends. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I like that vibe. They're super chill. Do you have a favorite past season or house? Or, like, a storyline that that really, like, spoke to you? It doesn't have to be, like, all... You don't have to answer all of them if you just want to <laughs> pick one. But you can answer all if you would, like. I think this house is the prettiest one to me. The the forest green details everywhere feel very au courant. Mm-hmm. And I already talked about the unfocused, your dreams are vague fight. Yes, you're right. That is so a great So formative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. I think yeah. that was a that was solid, solid, solid get to know you. I think I think I, I have gotten to know you. A little, I think I understand you a little better, personally. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> through the context of Terrace, though. So we're gonna get into a quick recap of what happened last week, and I'm gonna try to do it in like a very quick amount of time with it being full. I know it was I'm, a busy week. <laughs> I know, right? It was so really busy because I want to try to like recap it in like 60 seconds or something, mm-hmm. but I just don't think I could do it that fast. Like I could. But then it would just be one really long run-on sentence, which, I mean, isn't that different from how I normally talk. Anyway, uh, last week, we started off with Kenny and Risiko's date at the coffee supplier cafe, Happens Helm in Shibuya. Risiko said that she liked how Kenny made her feel feminine, and he treated her to coffee beans. Risiko brings up the date and how much fun she had on it when she's back at the house later to Kenny in front of Kori and Haruka. And they have this, like, very flirty exchange where they're like, oh, my God, it was so fun. Oh, my God, it was so fun. Yeah, that soup is so good. And Haruka's just, like, really not having any of it. Just, she's just like, staring daggers. Yeah. Awkward. She's like, why are you doing this in front of me? Like, what the hell? <laughs> super awkward. And then Kenny was super, super wasted at this time and he says under his breath how he doesn't even want to play his show in osaka tomorrow which he has to like leave for in three hours and haruka was extremely not pleased with his attitude and later on in the episode when they go on a date at an okinawan restaurant she calls him out on his attitude and the show they went to we get to see our baby eden kai the original (laughs) cinnamon roll that is my fave I adore him and he is everything to me. 
Anyway, Haruka says, I've seen your show and I really like what you do. So to hear you talk about your work like that was really disheartening. And she felt really bad because she thought in Japanese, she said something like she thought that like he his talent is so great that like it's just really disappointing to hear him say something like that because he should in a profession where fans are like your bread and butter. It's really disrespectful. This conversation, which totally could have gone like two ways ended up allowing Kenny to open up about how he's actually really been feeling for a wh- for a while now about how he's been feeling unfulfilled in the current iteration of his music. He said, "I'm in the band right now feeling like there's other music that I really want to be doing. It's no fun to be at our shows anymore." Panelists comment on how it can definitely relate and Kenny is finally telling us how he truly feels. Tokui-san comments about how we've never seen Kenny express such vulnerable feelings before. And it's a very huge amount of growth. Huge? Is it huge amount of growth compared (laughs) to the whole, like, you know, Kenny is like, is Kenny fake debate of like the first couple episodes? And also, which reminds me to remind everyone that the people in the house just watched episode three, which is pancake movie date haruka's fever dreams and ruka and kenny's first date where he's like kind of like closed off so it's kind of interesting that while they're about to like have their second date and he chooses to be open to her this is where he's kind of like about to watch the third date Corey tells kenny and risiko they they talk about how Corey and shohei are about to head to their date to chawari where Corey is planning to bring up the topic stemming from the tempura episode, the tempura incident discussion in episode two after having just viewed episode two in the house. Corey tells Kenny and Risiko on the couch that she thinks it's fine to have multiple interests, but to her, it's starting to seem like it's an extension of college clubs, like hobbies, and she's not really. She wants to kind of ask Shohei, like, if he has an ultimate goal of where he sees his like life going and what he expects out of you know his life. Tokui-san says, like, depending on his response to these chats, Corey's interest may disappear or whatever. Yamachan comments that he's, like, really confused by uh, Shohei, Shohei-sensei's stance on dedicated non-commitment. He says that passionately non-committed is a very confusing idea to me, but Yu-sun says that if he keeps going on this way for 20 years, it could turn into a legitimate lifestyle and take shape. Meanwhile, while all of that was happening, Ruka had been gone in Hokkaido for two nights and three days visiting his family and comes back expressing that he is now interested in Kaori. He says that he respects her for her work a lot and she's the type of person that he really wants to see how her life unfolds in the future. The panelists are all on varied sides of the debate when it comes to Ruka and Kaori. Yamachan is suspicious as to how genuine Ruka's feelings for Kaori are because he he's of the point where he thinks the other two go- girls have now, because they have lost kind of interest in him, he's just kind of grabbing for the only available thing in the house. But Tokui-san is of the side that thinks that Ruka's reasoning for why he's interested in Kaori seems to be pretty sound and sincere. So he just thinks that he just is like a baby and he doesn't really understand what his feelings are. And he's just like, you know, growing and things. Basically, they're saying that there are now two triangles in the house. There are the Kenny, Risako, and Haruka love triangle. And then now there is the Kaori, Shohei, and Ruka love triangle. 
not so sure how strong the second triangle is compared to the first triangle. The first triangle seems extremely solid and strong. And that's how we're going into this this episode today. I think that was too long, but we got there. We got there. <laughs> it was good. Good job. Yay. We did it. Okay. So we start off with Corey and Shohei's date, the Chawari date that ended up starting out as like having to on going on like a day exploration for his uh, new job, new job, his new like recurring gig writing for a magazine about kind of like traveling. And he's writing an article that is supposed to present a tour of Ginza that appear uh, that appeals to women. So Corey suggests that they should find things that aren't touristy. And Shohei agrees that a more traditional angle would be received better. The one thing I wanted to highlight that the panelists kind of discussed on the audio uh, commentary is the first opening shot at Shibamanta Station. There's a statue of Torasan, which is a very uh, iconic. Japanese cultural character and he is kind of widely adored by the Japanese people as this like amiable tramp drifter type character who has a tendency to fall for like this Madonna type of woman in distress who like ends up being friend zoned at the end of the film that helps her by like after helping her out of her predicament. The actor who played this role, Kiyoshi Atsumi, played this role 40 in 48 films between 1969 and 1995 and holds the record for most appearances by an actor in a single role in a film. And the thing that's kind of that I wanted to highlight is just like this, like even though it's a reality show, there's just like this very great like representation and like symbolism of Torasan and Shohei, like because Torasan is kind of like this, his character is like this drifter, and there's this article in New York Times that's like talking about if he's kind of like representative and if Americans can understand this character and they kind of like reference him as like a Charlie Chaplin type, but like he speaks not he's not silent. And there is this great quote that said, Tortosan needs to belong as much as he yearns to escape a paradox by no means limited to the Japanese archipelago and this is in a new york times article that i will link in the description of this episode and it's kind of like the perfect thematic state of shohei which i thought was like kind of interesting that like this date kind of started with this statue and then ends with kaori kind of bringing up his aim her in her view possibly aimless like career situation that's really interesting that that it is that connection to Torosan because I think of Shohei as having such an American outlook on work right. in some ways, mm-hmm. like the constant side gigs. Yeah, feels I agree. Very contemporary to America right now. Yeah, I com- I completely agree with that, and I think one of our, our other guests, so Jesse, has also mentioned that he believes that it's very like present day American millennial of him. Um, to think that and I think it's it's very like having multiple jobs and like backup plans especially when you have a career like a, a, a main career that's like age dependent like acting or modeling it, it seems practical but that's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes from like Japan I was I was kind of like in the previous episode we talked I think Jesse and Caitlin asked me if this is like a, a inherently Japanese concept and I I said I think so but then the more I thought about it I I, I really did believe so because there is this concept of shokunin damashi in Japan 
which is like a craft tradesman, like a, the soul of a tradesman that's very revered. And and when it even though it's not necessarily like a tradesman or a craft in terms of like acting, like the the connotation of like shokunin damashi is just like to someone who is very committed to the craft that they have chosen to be their career. I think is the more accurate like definition or like translation of that. So I think yeah. like there is this like very different. I think also because he's lived in Taiwan and he's kind of like lived abroad, maybe he has different perspectives than some people who may not have lived abroad before. But, It's very different from here where if there is like a overarching like an ideal ethic, work ethic, it's the hustle, which is right. so much less exactly. uh, specific trade focused and more about just constant attempts at wealth accumulation. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we are a capitalist country compared to Japan, which is a lot more, if it leans towards socialism. I mean, if, if you would, were to say it, it's still kind of like not entirely socialist, but there are Like there's socialized healthcare. There's certain types of things that are about the greater good. It's not so capitalist, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't doubt for a second that if、yeah. our unions had stayed strong in America, that we would have more pride in our craft. Right? Maybe <laughs> they would just like actually have the capacity to be able to just focus on one thing to like perfect, because they wouldn't be so worried about. Not having to put like food on the table, or like you know, be able to keep up with the Joneses, I guess so much. I mean, if I mean honestly, when you stop like caring so much about like keeping up with the Joneses, it does feel a lot like more calm and intentional. I guess that's why like this whole Higa concept and like this concept of wabi sabi and slow living is becoming like popular and creating like this resurgence as of late because of this just like stress that people are under. <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. So they first go to、uh, a temple, and then they go to the Tai Shakten Temple, and Corey teaches Shohei and all of us really about temple visiting and giving money for a fortune.、Uh, I actually didn't know this, as as and neither did Shohei. But apparently, you're allowed to treat people to good fortune as long as it's not lending. So in Japan, at temples, you can there's this little box, donation box that you throw in. Like ch- loose change into, and then you pray and you ask for like good fortune, or like you pray for to the the gods to like look over your family or whatever it is that you ask for. Typically, Japanese people will throw in a five yen coin because of the double entendre of the term a five yen or goen, which also is the same term. Goen garu means kind of like you have it's like a, some sort of good fortune or like kind of like a nice miracle. And so there's this like kind of double entendre meaning between the five yen going and then the good good fortune going, and so you throw the five yen coin in. And she says that apparently you're allowed to treat other people to good fortune if they don't have a five yen coin, because it's like it's better luck to throw in a five yen coin than like an a one hundred yen coin, even though it might be of more value because of like Japan is very big on signs. So she says you're allowed to do it as long as you don't later on say thanks for earlier and try to repay the change. And apparently that's what her mom taught her. And then Yamachan on audio description 
says that's a very rich concept. That's because her family's probably super rich. Like, <laughs> poor people wouldn't think that. Um, and then I was just like, okay, probably not wrong. But also, I was just like, that's a really cool concept if that's true. I mean, it sounds like very Japanese. So I feel like that would be accurate. But I also thought Yamachan's little cynical point of view is very <laughs> Japanese and funny. Next, they had to Yamamutate for tea and sweets uh, because Shohei heard they, ha- heard they have a beautiful garden. And here, Shohei asks Kaori if she would be interested in drawing an illustration to accompany his article, paid compensation, available for her, of course. And she says she's always wanted to draw Ginza, so she would love to. And then Shohei says, great, I'll ask my editor. So... He, like, asks her to illustrate without asking his editor first, which Yamachan kind of says, like, maybe you should have asked him first, but I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But she's like, is that really your place to, like, offer that job? But, like, the garden is also very beautiful. And panelists comment on how, like, Kaori, like, casually drops how her, like, grandma had a very similar garden in her backyard. And they used to also have a waterfall, even though it's, like, dried up. And and, uh, the panelists are like, wow, that's, like, I can't imagine a house that has a garden in the middle of a city. Kato then head to Chawari and Meguro. Side note, here's a shot of my home station. That is the station I grew up going to. That is where I live. Aww. That is the station I used to go everywhere to like Disneyland and the airport and basically like to school and stuff and like to party, basically. <laughs> that's the station that takes, that's the train Yamanote line that takes you to Shibuya. That's where I used to go, like, go to karaoke and all those things. They go to Chiwari specifically because Shohei said, like, in their previous date that his favorite drink is, like, sake split with tea. And Chiwari is to mean, like, split with tea. So it's a a specialty bar that splits, like, different spirits and alcohols with tea and Mm -hmm. is, like, drinks that way. And then they go there specifically for this, but they start with beer. Which everyone was like, um, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Japanese like draft beer is really great. So I, I do understand why they would like in the summer, especially like want to drink beer. Like draft beer in the summer is very pushed in Japan. It's like every single commercial is like like overflowing like bubbles and foam, and you're just like, it's so hot. Like I really want to drink beer. Like I don't drink that much beer. But in the summer, I have this, like, insane desire to drink it, especially if it's hot outside. Yeah. It's refreshing about a nice beer, though. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so great. It just looks alive when it's, like, coming out of, like, the tap. I don't know. That's why in Japan they call it nama, which means, like, raw. So I think that's why I, like, believe, like, it's, like, alive or something. <laughs> yeah, I have a recommendation. I really love drinking a shandy in the summertime. Ooh, nice. With like a, a mint lemonade and then put some beer in that. Ooh, that sounds really Ooh. good. Yeah. That sounds delicious. I I am like basic. I, I just drink like a craft beer and basic AF and I drink Aperol spritzes because. Babe. <laughs> I can't help it. But to be fair, I've been drinking Aperol spritzes for like several years now. Like I. It was before everyone just decided they were going to, like, drink at them everywhere. I just really This isn't Stassi's doing. No, this isn't. I drank them before Stassi. When Stassi started drinking Aperol spritzes, I was like, oh, frick. Now I'm basic. (laughs) Like, like, I was so upset. Like, God 
freaking damn it. Like you had to go and like my drink. Yeah. I guess like that's what that's what basic grow up to like we graduate to from like vodka vodka sodas. Like white was it like white claws and vodka sodas? <laughs> like apple rose to apple uh-huh. spritzes. That that's the growth, I guess. I don't know. That's the progression, yeah. Yeah. Beware, exactly. Caitlin. That's that's your future growth cycle. <laughs> See, my mine was all I should have been spritzes before all that. <laughs> I, just I had like the opposite. <laughs> You're regressing. You're regressing. Yeah, You're I was, Benjamin like, spritz, and now it's like white claws and. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You're like a Jersey Shoring yourself. <laughs> I was like, I went back uh, on that. <laughs> on anyway, I would really love to personally go to Chawari. I've never been there, even though it's apparently like right by my house. So apparently, we're gonna go there this summer if yeah, if like COVID nineteen doesn't cancel our trip in freaking July. But I don't know. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Being optimistic. We're not going to talk about that. We're just, in our minds, it's still happening. It's the universe and, like, positive vibes. And if we believe it's happening, it's still going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to believe it. It's going to happen. Anyway, at Chawari, Corey brings up the topics previously discussed during the Tempura incident. She asks Shohei if he's doing a bunch of things because he doesn't have the confidence that he'll succeed when he whittles it down to just one thing or if he wants to hit it big with all the things he's doing and he says obviously all the things she says she asks him what his ultimate goal is and he says he doesn't have a he doesn't have clear career goals but he wants to make enough money to support his family enough to live comfortably and also have enough to go out for a drink every night, he'd be content with that lifestyle. He says he doesn't think in terms of career goals. If you watch Corey's face very closely, like her facial expressions, you can see the moment her interest dies. But like <laughs> she does well, say, so say later focused. that her interest isn't completely dead. Like, yeah. but like it's all over her face. Like you see there's this moment where she just like shuts it off. Like, that's what I felt. Like, there was this moment where she was just like, oh, yeah, not for me. Like, yeah, because she's so career focused that she was probably like, oh, like, that's something we may not really agree on. Yeah. It's something that I understand not necessarily wanting your job to be your passion, like having goals outside of career. But it does make me worry if you don't have even like a hobby that you're more interested in, if you just want to live like a subsistence existence is like are you secretly super boring do you not want things because you're too boring to want them is that what's happening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he's living just to kind of live like it almost just feels very flat yeah like a clam almost yeah sort of opening up closing open just just sitting on the bottom of the ocean i love that towards anything yeah i just feel like there's this, he's just, like, not aggressive. Like, I just, Mm-mm. he's just, like, or, I, I don't know, maybe he's just, like, or maybe he's just, like, way too aggressive about too many things. Maybe he's, like, too, he's too gluttonous, or, like, maybe he thinks too highly of himself that he thinks, like, I can do all of the things, and I'm going to be the exception to the rule, and, like, I'm going to make it happen. 
I don't know what it is. Like yeah, I just, but it's it like it's hard to do all the things and not have like you know at least one goal in each thing. You know, it's kind of like, like what's the point of doing all of this if you don't? You know what I mean? Like, what are you working right. towards? Like, what are you doing all these things for? I feel like before he said, like, it's kind of like what what he said before, where he he's he's like, I want to do all of the things equally. But then the other people were like, okay, well, then how are you going to get there? Because you can't do it all at the same time. You have to, like, unfold it in, like, a three-part or five-part or ten-part plan. And the other people were like, well, why don't you just start with, like, one thing and then get really good at that and then start adding the things, like, by branching out to, like, things that are adjacent and then, like, close so they're, like, bridging the gap and then start, like, kind of, like, building on top of what you're already doing since like the things you're doing can kind of feed into each other if you're smart about it but he doesn't even try to like figure out a way that would make sense for him to do all of the things he's just like i want to do them all but he doesn't like he can't he can't really put forth a plan as to like how that's actually feasibly going to happen and and work yeah yeah like making any kind of plan like that no at at the like the start of this season I was very on board with Shohei because I also have like compulsive multi-hyphenate syndrome like I can't stop trying (laughs) new things but I think for the reason that I feel like it's okay it's okay for him to do it too you can just live your life but the the way that I attack what I do like the writing and like I do ceramics too whatever is that I have a overriding sensibility I'm trying to be like funny in right. all of the things that I do. So it's still all towards the same, at least, sensibility. Yeah. There's still a clear goal at the, the center of it, which is comedy. Yeah, exactly. So it all feeds into that. And I think Haruka kind of, like, tried to suggest that, where she was like, well, it seems like you're interested in so many things. Like, why don't you focus on doing the acting thing and then use all of your experience into that and then like get famous enough to the point where if you want to do other things, they'll also be, you'll be able to do them. But then I guess that's the Kaori thing she said. That's also kind of the advice she gave to Kenny where she I was, was like, just well, that. you know, why don't you just get good and do something for a while until you get so famous that like your fans are going to support you when you decide to pivot a little and like do something that's a little adjacent, but not the same, they'll still want to support you because they support who you are as a person. And like, because they clearly know who you are and they know what you're about, as opposed to like not really being sure about what you are. I mean, this kind of applies to everything. Like when you talk about social media and like how you like do well in social media, it's like, we'll pick a focus first and then like build on that. It honestly know. even applies to the dating in this house that we're about to get into is like yeah. all the girls are like, well, when are you put in the work first? And all the right. guys are like, nah, I'd rather yeah. be mildly yeah. dissatisfied all the time. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's like boys. I don't, it's just like, a, I, I'm just like, is this a boy thing? But then I don't know. It's like, because I want to say, like, it is, like, I feel like this has been my ex- my experience with Japanese boys growing up. But then, like, I do know, like, Japanese men who are assertive, too. And, like, we see it on the show. So it's, like, not like the, all of them are like this. But there, I feel like there are enough. Like, there's enough of a culture 
of like passive passivity in Japan where like girls go after the guys or something. I don't know. Maybe. Moving on. The next day or like the day ends and girls go in the house, go to lunch together and they all just kind of like decide to like clear the air and like have a nice neutral location where they can have a conversation between the three of them. Um, they all agree that the guy's passivity is extremely unsatisfying. It begins with Risiko asking the girls what they talk about all the time without her. And if they talk about the boys in the house, that kind of like starts, kicks off the conversation about the boys. And Haruka and Corey share that they do talk about the boys and Risiko should join them. Uh, Risiko laughs and agrees and says, I think so too, I should. Uh, Risiko says that she's not necessarily avoiding joining in on the conversations, but she figured everyone has certain people they're comfortable confiding in, and that's why she hasn't participated thus far, which I think is good to highlight considering what happens later on in the episode about people choosing to confide in certain people and for certain reasons and reasons why they shouldn't confide in people for (laughs) reasons. Exactly hitting them on the head. Yep. Very ironic that Risiko is the person to say this. Yeah, um, like the way that she brings this up. <laughs> for real. Risiko says, like, foreshadowing, honestly. It's, like, literally, like, in films where and where they're like, we're not going to die, and then that person dies. It's like, <laughs> you know, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sh- you, we sh- I didn't want to, like, join in the conversation because I wasn't sure, you know, like, because people have certain people they want to confide in. And then she finally confides in her, and it's like, boom. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to be nosy, but let me <laughs> like, you're a nosy <laughs> stick my nose in a bit. You wa- so basically, you're saying you really did want to be nosy. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. She, uh, Risiko says there's things she wants to ask Haruka, and then Risiko and Haruka discuss their connections with Kenny, and Karori is stuck in the middle. Again. Stuck in the middle, always. Uh, yeah. Um, Are you guys super tense watching stuff. this? I was That's like, ooh. <laughs> Stuck in the middle with you should be her freaking theme song. Seriously, it should be. Mm-hmm. Risiko says she's been spending more time with Kenny lately and she thinks that he's attractive. If Haruka's feeling the same way, she wouldn't want to beat around the bush around it, about it and be forthcoming about the current state of her feelings. It's not that she wants to brag about what's going on with him, but she just wants to be open about going out with him because, quote, it feels odd not talking about it when we all know what's happening. And we're living here together. It's weird. She uses the term kimochi marui, which means a plethora of things in Japanese. It can mean disgusting, feels weird, nauseating, sick to my stomach, gross, like lots of these things. There's levels of it, but I mean, you can discern the level of it on your own. So it's very like vague catch-all term of like, it makes me feel gross. Basically, she says verbatim at this point, she declares, I think Kenny is attractive and I would like to continue to plan dates with him. Kaori observes that she doesn't want that Risiko doesn't want to have to wonder if it's okay to mention something about Kenny when she feels like talking about it. So basically, Risiko is saying she wants to talk about Kenny whenever she wants and she doesn't want to feel like she has to censor herself around Haruka because she's living her life and it's her house too and she should be able to talk about whatever she wants. Haruka says that she is the opposite and doesn't understand why they need to go out of their way to discuss a clearly awkward and uncomfortable topic neither of them wants to discuss with the other person. Haruka says verbatim quote, I on the other hand feel uncomfortable discussing details like that. 
Haruka says that she's not intentionally been holding back, but Kaori's just been easier to talk to because she's older and seems grounded like a big sister type. And that Haruka and her have very different daily routines on top of very distinct points of view. And to be honest, that motivated her to leave distance between them. She says, I'm not sure how to communicate with you, so I've avoided being alone with you. And that distance has been difficult for her to reconcile. Yamachan is very excited about the delicious tension between the two of them. Hori kind of is playing peacemaker mediator, saying like she would feel weird because they live together too and wouldn't be able to hide it. And then she says, from my vantage point, I feel like you've both been very straightforward, don't you? Which I feel like that's very generous. Like, <laughs> overly generous of Corey trying to like be nice when pro- internally she's just like, leave me out of it, which I thought was funny. Haruka says that though that now that they've had discussion, she thinks that going forward, they'll probably be able to navigate. Oh, she doesn't say they probably will. She definitively says, They'll be, they'll be able to better navigate these conversations going forward since she'll know how to be. And I, I, I rewatched that to make sure to see if she did definitively say it because I, to see whether or not she jinxed herself and she did definitively say this. So she kind of jinxed herself. It's um, a very sure Jan moment. I was just like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Risiko asks Corey about her date with Shohei and how their career aspiration conversation went. So we kind of get Corey's insight as to how she thought that conversation with Shohei went. And she said that she was most curious about whether he has an idea of where he's headed. And that was the purpose as to why she brought it up again. And to her, it seems like he's most focused on having a family and that career is not the top priority for him because when she asked him about his vision of an ideal life, the first thing he replied was that he values a stable family life more than he, he craves career success. Risiko asks Corey if she and Shohei made plans to hang out again and Corey pauses, shakes her head no and giggles. Risiko wonders if Shohei still feels strongly interested in Kaori as much as he did upon first entering the house. Haruka says that she thinks he does, but Kaori says she honestly doubts that if he does feel the same way, if she read the mood of last night's dinner correctly. Haruka asks Kaori if she's curious to know how Shohei really feels about her, and Kaori immediately answers without hesitation that she's super, super interested. She repeats this, Multiple times, I would really love to know the truth. And Haruka observes correctly that that's what she thought, but also senses that Kaori is approaching the situation with Shohei very cautiously. Despite the growing tensions among the girls in the house, they were all able to come together and agree on a couple things. They, one, agreed on the fact that all the men in the house have been way too reserved and be more proactive they called them herbivore men and they all number two they agree that kenny is the least proactive of all three boys in the house he hasn't asked any of the girls himself even once on the date every time he's been out the girls have asked him even though Corey rightly points out that kenny said he wanted to approach romance openly from day one and that was his reasoning for entering the house haruka says that it made it that she thought he would be much more assertive but surprisingly he's the exact 
opposite and she feels no passion from him. Risiko says it was a lie. He has no motivation. <laughs> um, and the way she says it is like, she's just like, he's lying. Like, what the hell? Like, it's just very like frustrated. Yamachan makes a comment over audio that audio description, uh, audio commentary that when Kenny wasn't receiving any attention, the stress motivated him to act. But now that he's getting all this attention, he's becoming less proactive. Risiko says it's understandable why 20 year old baby cinnamon, baby cinnamon roll Ruka is not very assertive when it comes to the girls. But Kenny is an experienced 31 year old and the girls laugh and agree uh, that Risiko makes a very valid point. Risiko says she has an she had an idea that Kenny would be more masculine and take the lead more often. Risiko makes the point this time that I've been making this entire time that if none of the girls in the house are his type, then maybe he should hurry up and leave the house if he really wants to get married like he says he wants to and stop wasting his time. Because, quote, if he stays at the house, there's no way he's going to find a girlfriend if it's not one of us. Considering he said that he wants a girl, like anything but a girl who wants a spotlight is his type, right? Okay. Three, they agree that although romance is not the only point of being in the house, it's kind of disheartening, disheartening how unassertive and passive the boys are being. Plus, it's kind of hard to communicate about this sort of thing, which keys us to the title of the episode. When it comes to this entire conversation and dating, having feelings for the same person as someone, you know, versus like a friend, roommate. Are you a Risiko type that likes to address the elephant in the room and kind of embrace the weirdness of the situation? Or are you a Haruka type who would feel like openly, openly discussing a mutual love and trust with someone else who is also interested in and like slightly dating the other person like, does that feel more like a torture game that leaves a serious bad taste in your mouth? I feel like this is, like, a very, like, do you want to date traditionally, like, how people date outside in the real world where, like, most most people are, like, traditionally where, like, you kind of, like, have this boundary where you just, like, don't talk about certain topics, like, very waspy? Or, like, are you, like, a bachelor type where you're just, like, out in the open, like, or like love is love island where you're just like we're all dating the same person and it's fine but like when you figure it out tell me i'm like absolutely a haruka type who does not want to talk about it confrontation like that would make me so uncomfortable like i'm definitely someone with i would prefer to like confide in someone or like if i'm dating the same person i would not want that other person to like confide or talk to me about it things yeah. like that just make me feel like oh i would feel super awkward as Haruka in this situation. Uh, what about you, Debbie? I think I'm a Risiko. Oh, wow. Well, the thing is, I'm a Gemini, so when I don't say a thing that's on my mind, it feels... Uh, what was the word that was gross to me in Japanese? It feels that to me. <laughs> I'm um, a Gemini, too, but I have so, Capricorn yeah, gonna... placement, so I'm pretty secretive. Oh, I'm double Gemini. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all... Gemini double Capricorn, so... <laughs> I'm intense. <laughs> I wouldn't want to, if we were both dating the same person, I wouldn't want to discuss it. But if we both liked the same person, I would want to at least have like that spoken aloud just so it's not hovering the whole time. Right. Surprisingly, since we were talking about astro- astrological signs, Risiko is a Capricorn Leo Libra. 
and Haruka is a Aries Sagittarius Sagittarius. So it's kind of surprising because you'd think that Haruka being an Aries versus like Risako being a Capricorn, like they would be opposites on how they're standing right now, where like, you know, you would think Risako would be a little bit more secretive and like holding her things cards closer to her chest and like Haruka being like open for war and being like, I'm into him. But surprisingly, they're not. I have to like double check their Venuses and all that stuff but and Mars for aggression. But I, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting about that. I don't know. Honestly, like I feel like it probably really depends for me too. But I, I feel like I am, I am both like, if it's just, if it's probably like if I just like someone, I would be like, oh yeah, he's so cute, like whatever. I think it's similar to you, Bethy. And then if if I if we're actually both dating this person, like at a certain point, I guess it's like it's like The Bachelor when it's like when it gets to like like the top four, like it, you start you get your own hotel room and you're no longer living in the house together because it's awkward. Like mm-hmm. I just I think there's like a there's the point where it like transitions from being like casual to like I don't know uncomfortable but then I guess it's probably if if we were to speak to someone who who is like a polyamorous person they might not feel the same way mm-hmm. but then if they were all poly together yeah you'd have to all be talking about it if only to right. schedule right so maybe like Haruka is just like not maybe Risiko is just like more open to being poly <laughs> She just, like, has a temperament for it versus, like, Haruka, who's just, like, not. Maybe that's like what Risiko it is. Risiko just, like, wants to, like, join in. You know, like, I feel like Risiko confides in Ruka, but she, like, besides that, like, I feel like she just wants to talk about it with someone. You know, right. I feel like that's why she's kind of drawn to the girls. And I think that's why it makes it hard because Haruka is like, mm, I don't really want you talking to me about it. Yeah. I think Haruka just wants control of situations mm-hmm. more than she even wants to keep things like close to the chest I think she wants to be able to say like you don't talk to me about this yeah and you don't talk to my friend that I like I've taken power she's mine and you don't talk to her either Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) she's just like she's just so much she's like casually doesn't she's like she's just so much easier to talk to because you know she's like grounded and like she's like a big sister type and like she has like good advice and like i just she's just like more mature and emotionally stable and like not a bitch like you know just like (laughs) i don't know what to say to you because like i literally have nothing to say (laughs) because we don't agree on anything and i kind of think you're insane and i don't understand you or your values values but like but I'm not like intentionally holding back yeah Yeah, I don't even want to be alone with you (laughs) exactly and they don't necessarily like resolve anything they just come together as girls after like all shitting on Kenny together (laughs) how much like how much he needs to like step up his game like they can all agree on that so they're like Mm -hmm. let's just agree to disagree on the other stuff and just like agree on the thing we agree on which is that Kenny sucks Finally, Kenny has a purpose. (laughs) Finally, he's bringing the girls together. He was the glue all along, even though we thought he was the separator. But maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's just a band aid. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it's crazy. So, next they go back to the house later that night, and Risiko tells Ruka and Shohei what the girls talked about at the girls' lunch. 
and how the girls are starting to feel sorry for themselves because of how unmotivated the guys seem to be when it comes to engaging with them because the guys aren't being assertive at all, nor are they making any advances towards the girls. She says, quote, we talked about you guys during our girls hang today, but we all agreed that you're and but we all agreed that Ruka, you're exempt from this because in your case, your behavior makes sense because you've said that you're not used to interacting with women. (laughs) And then she says, although who knows if that's true, but that's how you identified at the beginning. Whoa, savage. Yeah. really savage right now <laughs> she's just like going for the jugular Doop-doop. she says we all agree that it makes us want to give up and not make any further effort so would you mind telling kenny too lol passing <laughs> <laughs> on to the one like, we're really frustrated with <laughs> right at first i was like why is she saying this and then i was like oh that's why she wants him to tell kenny to like step up her game but she doesn't want it to come from her because then it just sounds like an ultimatum but like they don't she's not really in a place to like give him one yet like Like, i don't know hint hint at her anyway risiko then says she doesn't think it should be forced though so maybe it's pointless to be even saying this but then shohei says that she's really glad he's really glad that risiko said something to him about it risiko assures the boys that it's not that the girls want to criticize the three of them harshly it's that they'd like to be asked out more not necessarily romantically either just to like hang out and mingle mm-hmm. haruka says that later haruka clarifies that curious shohei then asks risiko what was said about his date with Corey at the girls lunch asking tell me what she thought of our shibamata outing risiko could go one of two ways here in the past she has said about other people how other people are feeling it's not my place to say or share how the other person is feeling and then in this situation, she just tells them how Corey's feeling. Risiko out the open this episode. Yeah. Risiko doesn't want to hold anything back. <laughs> Risiko said that Corey said she had lots of fun, but also that she sensed that you're not into her. And that made her a little sad. As Risiko is saying this to Shohei, the camera pans out wide and we see the entire living room. And Ruka is like kind of glances up at the stairs as this happens. And we see someone start to descend from the stairs of the girls room as Risiko is kind of like divulging what Corey told the girls at lunch about Shohei to Shohei. And then we see that it's Haruka, which makes which made anyway, it made me go, oh, crap. Like, I don't (laughs) know if Haruka is going to be like, dude, like you should not be talking about like my friend behind her back or like if she was going to be like yeah oh my god like you need to and then encourage for Corey. Shohei throws his head back in a fit of laughter at Risiko's comment that it made Corey feel a little sad that she sensed that he was not into her and he just like laughed at it regarding Corey's feelings that she thought that there was no interest which I was like interesting i don't know yeah well, he was clearly he drunk it. also yeah. he was also cool yeah he was probably very drunk but like his laughter like i i almost for a second i had to rewind it because i thought he like flipped his head back so fast and far that he slammed his head on that table behind because <laughs> he didn't like react but he was like so drunk but he didn't he didn't hit his head anyway Corey says it twice uh risiko says C- Corey. she says it twice because 
Aruka couldn't actually hear what Risiko has said about Corey's feelings because Shohei had like laughed so hard. And like he was just like, wait, what did you say? Which like makes sense because Ruka is very curious about Corey. So it makes sense that he's curious about how Corey feels about Shohei. So he's like very like ears perked up little puppy right now. <laughs> Risiko is talking about what was said. And then Haruka joins in on the convo after being oriented as to how much the Corey talk has been relayed to Shohei thus far. Risiko replies she hasn't said much yet. And then Haruka shares with Shohei that Corey wants to know how Shohei feels after remembering what he said to her that first day in the house. So she first asked Shohei, like, do you remember what you said to Corey in the house when we first got in here? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, oh, so like she wants to know like how you feel since that moment. Haruka says that she would definitely wonder like how he feels as well if they hung out afterwards after he said something like that to her uh, she says she would wonder if he was still into her or what he thought so she said that quote Corey's is wondering if she should expect anything to come of it or whether it was a fluke and you're over it haruka tells the boys that the girls would like for there to be more mingling and not just as a group but more one-on-ones are welcome too and that they definitely want to go out more doesn't necessarily have to be romantic just like they want to like get to know each other better she says that quote we've been spending a lot of energy asking you out and we haven't seen much of a return we'd like you to reciprocate we know you're shy but we'd happily agree to go if you were to ask us out even though that might be hard for you we like to have more of a back and forth like that with you guys personally i feel embarrassed having to express that so i haven't said much about it in the past shohei replies how the boys shouldn't have ever let it get to this point i'm happy they brought that up because i definitely feel their frustration i'm happy that they talked about this and mentioned it to the guys as well yeah it gets to a point where like it makes sense it's like well then why are you here like i get yeah. like the girl said before earlier too it's like yeah you're right romance isn't the only reason you come into this house but like especially kenny as someone who said like romance is the reason why he came into this house because like this is one of those shows where they kind of tell you why they came into the house at the beginning of why they like of when they enter the house like for someone who says that they're looking for like a partner like if you're not if you haven't been asked out once and like two girls are asking you out and you've been and you've technically been out more than once with all three girls yeah. <laughs> and every it's, single time you haven't been asked out the girls have asked you out it's like well then it's okay. hard because then it's like who does he like you know like once he starts asking people out like it's just it's making it confusing and frustrating for the girls but it's also not that difficult right. because we've seen guys come to the show before who have wanted a partner and their move is to ask everyone out on a date taishi like, yeah <laughs> taishi and uchi uchi yeah you're right i forgot like i want a girlfriend or a wife or whatever so i'm going to line up these dates and figure it out mm-hmm. and right and historically, the boys who have done that and proceeded in that way did graduate with a girlfriend. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they're showing they're making an effort. They're trying. Right. Yeah. They're actually getting to know all the options in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, and like dating isn't the only point of the show. The other point of the show exactly. is like advancing your career. But these boys also don't have clear goals in that <laughs> respect either. So like, mm-hmm. why are you here? Exactly. And I think like that's and I think that was like the one like the main point, especially with Kenny, too, is just like, yes, there is that unspoken thing, especially if you're like if you're a musician or you're an actor, like 
going on this show is going to raise your put a lot of eyeballs on you and it's going to raise your like star meter a little bit so like getting on the show and being on it is going to help kenny's band obviously Mm -hmm. people are going to know his band they're going to go to his like shows and he's going to like get a boost from this and like you know Shohei might actually now be able to feasibly do all of the things and be the jack of all trades he wants to be because now he's been on the show and people know who he is so like it's kind of that like prediction or like this thing of like if you get famous like maybe you should get so he said that he wanted to get so famous that he didn't have to like pick or choose something and like maybe that is going to come true for him who knows well, like, I think it's also like we're all, you know, everybody goes on the show for one reason or another to get Instagram sponsorships for sure. But right. if you're like craving about it, then you're not going to raise, then it even like subverts the goal that you're going after. Like if you're going on the show to get famous, you also have to be on this show. You have to accept right. the precepts of the show and be entertaining. You got to exactly. go try and kiss some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point I think I wanted to make is like, yes, like there is that unspoken thing of like, that's probably like one of his unspoken reasons for wanting to be on the show. But when he came on the show that first day, when they asked him, why did you join Terrace House? He said, because I want to date openly and I want to find someone because I find it hard to date, date openly out in the real world. And he said that was his entire reason for joining Terrace House. So if he's not going to try, then it's like, why are you here? Yeah. But then from Kenny's perspective, he could probably be like, he could make the argument that will like, I mean, I said I wanted to date openly and technically I am, which I mean, technically he is. But like, would he be if the girls weren't actually like making the effort the entire time, if they stop making a concerted effort and start waiting for him to be the one to make the effort, would he be dating openly? at all i'm sure he just likes the attention too yeah for girls. sure and and basically the girls are like well maybe he's just not interested in any of us and like if that's the case then he needs to wait for us for one of us to leave or he needs to leave himself because like dude's not gonna find it here anyway ruka tells the girls he's gonna change his attitude and his behavior because he starts to feel disgusted with himself recur the resurgence of kimochiwadwe again he says he feels gross because he feels he is too feminine and he is quote turning into the type of person i hate the girls are like also like no you're not gross by the way but he's just like i hate this person I'm becoming. Risiko says the girl, older girls often give Haruka, uh, often give Ruka a free pass because of his age and that he's an ex- because they accept that he's very shy. And but she has a hard time believing it if she's completely honest. And Yamachan agrees and shouts yes in the background <laughs> uh, when she says this. Uh, Haruka observes Risiko is very hard on Ruka. Ruka says he prefers Risiko's stance over being given some free pass because he doesn't like being othered and he wants the girls to treat him the same way they treat Kenny with respect and maturity. Basically, he doesn't like being othered. Ruka shares with the girls that he'd like to start drawing, so he'd like to go buy art supplies with Kalori, but he just can't seem to find the words to express that he'd like to draw to her. Um, Haruka mentions that Corey said she's barely gotten to spend any time with Ruka, so she's not been quite sure of how to bridge the gap between them either. 
So basically kind of implying that Kauri probably would be really open to like getting to an opportunity to getting to know Ruka one-on-one. Uh, Ruka asks Haruka what Kauri is doing right now and she tells him she's in the girls' room working on her laptop. Later in the boys' room, Shohei and Ruka bring up the conversation they had with the girls to Kenny after he comes home from performing in a live show complaining of a sunburn. And Shohei goes, it's, we don't have time to be talking about your sunburn right now. There are more pressing things in the house that we need to discuss, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious and very like rom-com and like mm-hmm. teen YA novel. Like, <laughs> all the drama. Like, we don't have time to talk about your stupid sunburn, Kenny. Like, we need to talk about the girls. <laughs> so cute. Kenny says, okay, Kenny says he, he's put pressure on himself about asking the girls out because he doesn't want to give them mixed signals and because he thinks if he's asking them out without being sure of whether or not he finds any chemistry with them, he would hate to, like, lead the girls on. And he worries that his, like, asking them out will be misinterpreted, so he doesn't want to ask them out. Shohei says, all three of the girls are so beautiful. Like, don't you agree? So I'm pretty sure they're not going to be swayed by, like, the likes of us and, like, whether or not, like, we ask them out or not. Like, I really don't think they're going to think, like, oh, my God, he asked me out. He must be into me. Because, like, they probably get asked out all the time. Effectively telling Kenny he's thinking way too highly of himself and the flavor of his sauce. Ruka shares that he asked the girls to stop treating him like a little brother and he wants them to treat him as if he were as mature as Kenny is, which, I mean, it's questionable. Shohei remarks the way that Risiko opened this entire conversation was not cool, othering Ruka by saying that you're a separate case, Ruka, even though she was trying to she was saying that to illustrate that the other girls are othering ruka the the way that she opened that conversation and said that was singling him out and actually like completely othering him and she he felt that as soon as that happened he disliked the entire conversation and he really wasn't comfortable uh, at all shohei asks ruka if he can tell Kenny about Aruka's recently emerged feelings for Kaori, and Aruka says yes, and the boys bring Kenny up to speed and gossip a tiny bit about how Ruka invited Shohei out to lunch to talk it out when he came to the realization that he had caught feelings for Kaori because, quote, Ruka didn't want to ruin their friendship. Kenny says that is so freaking kind and thoughtful of Ruka to do so. Shohei asks Ruka to step it up and make them look good and be assertive <laughs> and ask Kaori out, especially since the girls just gave them this chat. So they have the perfect opportunity to look good through Shohei Ruka. being that hype man. Yeah, he's just Ruka's very like man. supportive this mm-hmm. whole time. So I guess my question is, do you think the main issue causing this chasm between the boys and the girls is this lack of communication or is it a lack of motivation or is it kind of like a combination of the two or is it something completely different? Bethy, what do you think? I think that Kenny was perhaps being honest for the first time on the entire show when he was like, mm, if I ask a girl out, she's going to immediately fall in love with me. So I'm playing it cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, I guess I would say it's more motiv- lack of motivation more than lack of communication. Right. But it's also just, it's not lack of anything. It's surplus of Kenny. That's the problem. <laughs> Too much Kenny. That is yeah. such, I think we found our title, surplus of Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is so accurate. Yeah, it's it is. Like, 
it's just so like I don't I I mean I guess that that's just like it's it's you have to have that level of confidence to be like a lead singer of a band maybe like I don't maybe that's what it is like but is there anything more embarrassing than being the lead singer of a band <laughs> I mean, in the past remember he has said that he never allows remember the term allows girls that he's dating or girl like to come see him perform in shows because he can't discern whether or not they like him as him Kenji or him Kenny from Spicy Soul because of that whole thing of like if my hand were to be cut off I wouldn't know like if I were to be ampute become an amputee like I don't know if she would stick around like it's really like dark dark as it's just like he he is that's so like counter to what he was saying earlier in the episode like he thinks that his his music and his talent is so overpowering that it sways women all the women in the audience and yet he says it's like not fun for him to be in the the band anymore what is the truth kenny what is the truth i i I feel like me did one of his band members like sleep with his ex-girlfriend or something like i don't like i don't understand what happened like he's just like so unhappy and all of his and he says like his girlfriend like he wants to date his type is anyone but someone who's in the spotlight yet all of the girls and all of his past girlfriends have been actors actresses singers like people who are in the spotlight but he won't let them see him perform i don't know it's just it's, i i really want to know what happened to him also what an insane thing to <laughs> say you? that he that your the girlfriend that you want is somebody who's not gonna be in the spotlight as like a yeah. performer's like all i want is someone who's gonna be less important than me and support yeah. me like remember when yeah. Corey was just like do you want someone who's just gonna like fade into the background and like support you and he's like yeah i'd love that that would be awesome yeah. that's perfect and i was like really yeah like it all revolves around him he's the best like, yeah i don't know i'm just i that made me but that's the thing it's like well is this the right place for you to be looking for a girlfriend <laughs> like because these are all people who are looking to boost their profile in one way or another yeah they're on a reality show like it sounds to me like the person you would like to to marry is not someone who would be on a reality show voluntarily, but okay, sure. Let's let's go with that. Probably there just to boost his career. Like he probably yeah, is ready, like, eh, you know, maybe I won't find love here. But yeah, now that he's boosted his profile, he might find it out in the real world. Who knows? It's like if I look cool enough on this show, then maybe somebody will fall in love with me watching it and then I, I don't mean, have I, to do any work. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the the bachelor trap. You know, yeah. like where it's like all these people go on The Bachelor because they don't necessarily want to date or end up with The Bachelor. I feel like almost everyone who wants to, who's on The Bachelor like wants to end up in like the top five, mm-hmm. but like doesn't want to actually like be picked. Yeah, they want to be known enough to like yeah. be in the like Bachelor crowd. Yeah, and know? then they can like date a celebrity or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to get to be. Bachelor in Paradise. They're not trying to win the first show they're on. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Bachelor in Paradise makes you money. Like every episode you're on, you get like a fee. So I mean, I'm sure like becoming a bachelor or a bachelorette is also great. But like getting picked by the Bachelor, you're not going to make any money. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference. It's like, do you want to be picked by the Bachelor or do you want endorsements? That's the yep. difference. Watching it through the lens of American reality show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about Risigo telling the boys about the conversation the girls had at lunch without them present? 
do you think she should have waited for the other girls or do you think that like it happened the way it happened and like it ended up working i mean it ended up working out but do you think like i mean it could have gone really bad (laughs) what do you think caitlin honestly i don't really mind that she brought it up like i mean i guess she could have waited but i feel like it kind of happened how it was supposed to like i think it would have been awkward in front of Corey to you know like ask about shohei and like we know that ruka is kind of interested and he told shohei that so i'm sure shohei was intentionally kind of distancing himself from Corey. that i think it made it better not having her there right i think this communication like needed to happen as kind of awkward as it was i think i think if they had held like the girls had held their thoughts in like nothing would have changed nothing would nothing would have progressed so and i and i think it's kind of best that Corey maybe wasn't part of the conversation i don't know do you think that like if you were Corey and like people were telling the person you liked how you actually feel about them yeah. like would that make you feel comfortable no no like i'm sure Corey's probably like oh like you guys are talking about that you know without me yeah like I, I definitely could see her being being, being frustrated with that, you know, or yeah, being like, I oh, like want... I, you know, I opened up and I shared these thoughts with you guys, and now you're just gonna go and tell everyone. Oh uh, yeah, no, that would that would frustrate her, and I could see could see that. What about but you, Bethy? I wouldn't want anyone to tell anyone that I was sad. I think right. expressing like that she's cute, like the way that Haruka expressed it, I think I'd be fine with. But I didn't want, I wouldn't want anyone expressing like my vulnerabilities when I'm not in right. the room. Mm-hmm. yeah like and that made her sad and then he laughed and that's like sad <laughs> that made me sad i just i felt really sad but one good thing did come out of this and that is dun, 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 caitlin what happened ruka oh. our baby cinema roll steps up i was so proud of him so basically Ruka decides to go and ask Corey out. You know, after we kind of listened to Shohei was like, go, make us proud. I thought it was really, really cool that he was like, you know what, I want to be taken more seriously. You know, I want to be seen as not a little brother, but seen as Kenny. And I, I was really, really happy that he decided to take the step. So uh, Ruka, after talking with the boys, decides to go to the girls' room and ask Corey out. So we see him standing by the door. And, you know, kind of looks like he's kind of composing himself. He's nervous and asks her to, you know, come outside with him. And he definitely he definitely looks nervous and has trouble kind of getting out his words. Um, But he explains to her that he wants to start drawing and doesn't have any art tools. And she says, you know, she's super sweet and kind and was like, oh, do you want to borrow some of mine? And he kind of stays focused to that he really wants to ask her out and is using this as a medium to ask her out and or asks her if she would go shopping with him to get some to get some supplies for drawing and she is super down she was just super sweet and kind and Ruka says that his work schedule hasn't been revealed and asks if it's okay that he can come back to her to find out a date that works and she agrees and says yes that she's free with ever or free whenever it's just so cute and just very it was a very quick conversation and i feel like Corey generally just seemed a little surprised but also very happy that he was asking mm-hmm. her out very encouraging 
yeah like, very encouraging yeah yeah he takes instruction well mm-hmm. and you know like i said like it, it just wasn't all words for him you know like for him to be like oh i want to be taken seriously like this really just shows that he was really making an effort and i thought that was cool because you know even with Corey, you know she kind of started to feel like maybe shohei wasn't as interested I think for her, it probably feels good to be like, oh, like, look, someone's, you know, making an effort. The actions are finally, like, supporting the words. Yeah. Basically. Which yeah. is nice. Cause yeah, exactly. Because actions speak louder than words sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even when she shares about how she wants to get more canvases for her next show, you know, just kind of showing that, like, you know, she's really trying and is interested, you know, and just being like, okay, like, whatever, like, yeah, I'll go shopping with you. She's like, oh, like, I need something, too. Like, this is perfect. True. And then, yeah. Worked so out. then Ruka returns to the boys' room, and he, <laughs> he, his face is all red. But he tells the boys his body was burning up, but that he made plans with Corey, and he says that he feels a little gross because he was struggling to get his words out clearly, clearly, and he was fumbling over his words. But to me, like I thought he, it didn't seem you know that bad. His fumbling, like I think to him, he was probably like. Mm-hmm. freaking out it was like kind of panicking but i actually thought he handled it really smoothly like i thought he handled it pretty well yeah he's probably intimidated by her because she's like yeah. a lot older than him and he yeah. just like feels so like especially in the house because they baby him mm-hmm. i mean we baby him on the pod too but like <laughs> he's like a little puppy he's yeah. like baby. and he, i need to stop doing that but like he's so cute <laughs> but he just like wants to he wants so hard to be seen as like a male romantic interest and like he's just like i couldn't say it smoothly i like tripped over all my words (laughs) i like how he kept comparing it to kenny like i want to be as mature as kenny or i want to be see you know boba as kenny i was like oh he's looking up to the wrong one probably i know (laughs) what bad role models yeah i was like no don't be a kenny (laughs) i mean at least shohei can communicate like even if his point of view isn't like always like sound or like of of like the beat this like off the beaten path sometimes like at least he can like say what he thinks mm-hmm. and then Shohei Shohei seems really happy and like really proud and I really respect Shohei you know for first of all for Ruka you know going to Shohei and asking if it's okay to show interest in Corey and I think Shohei is kind of happy to you know that he's acting on it they kind of tease him about how red his face is and then back in the girls' room, they start talking about how it's clear that their talk got through to R- Ruka after seeing that he asked out Corey. And they agree that the true test will be Shohei. You know, he made that first effort day one and to see if he will kind of get back to that and start making an effort again. The girls agree that night one, Shohei was the most attractive because he was very clear and communicative about his feelings for Corey but then kind of hasn't been acting on that since then. Later, Ruka and Risiko go skateboarding, and they talk about Ruka asking Corey out. Ruka shares that he's a little nervous, and it doesn't think that Corey will take him seriously since he's younger than her, and that he's probably like a little brother to her. Risiko tells him that he's able to keep the same chilled vibe around Corey that he does around Risiko. Then Corey would probably interact with him like an equal. I feel like that's a little hard because Risiko and Ruka are... They are so close and so close in age. I'm sure that's why Ruka just feels more comfortable with Risiko than he does yeah. with Corey. It's easy when you can kind of like vibe and bounce off each other because you're kind of like vibrating at the same energy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I get where she's coming from with that, but I, I feel like that's kind of easier said than done, especially in Ruka's case. Yeah. Um, and then Risiko says that he needs to be more of himself 
because when she heard about how he was on this date with Haruka, she said that her reaction was like, he did what? So Risigo is encouraging him and is cheering him on and is just being a really, really good friend with him. And just, you know, I like seeing the two of them kind of confide in each other and bond and like share these similar interests. I think the two of them are just, they're a good pair. They're a good uh, friendship. They have a good friendship that I really enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems clear like that. This is like a f- like that. Risiko is like fr- they friend zoned. I don't know if they yeah. friend zoned each other, but like they're in the friend zone. Like yeah, officially. and I think and I think they're both like happy to be in the friend zone. Like I don't think yeah. it's one of those. You know, it's it, they're not tipping the balance. You know, where one of them is showing more interest than the other. Like it seems like they have a good a good chill friendly vibe with each other. They have a good rapport. Yeah, yeah, and I think the more like friends Ruka can make that are women, the more he'll realize that they are not scary. Yeah, and that he can just chill out and be himself around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, more comfortable. Yeah. And I think he has like a lot of like little sisters and like like he has a lot of girls in his family, but they're all kind of like his little sisters and like his mom. So it's not really like it, girls that are in his life that are not his like little sisters are like really good for him i think was it like exposure therapy yeah it's exposure therapy (laughs) so now we get to this point which is like it's very short in the episode like in a period it's a very short scene like i remember like writing the show notes out and like one of the first big sections i i plotted out for this episode was this epic what i've entitled the great and epic clash of haruka and risiko <laughs> i but really love that the actual time of of like this the the running time of this scene which i will call because it's like literally a movie like is very short it happens like within like a period of like five to ten minutes it's not even that long it's probably not even ten minutes like it's very quick I, the editing is just brilliant. Uh, I I don't even because like we have so much to discuss and unpack. But very quickly, I'm just kind of kind of like summarize the gist of like what occurred because I think a, the reason why it's only like five to ten minutes, but we can talk about it a lot, is because obviously the people involved are Haruka, and you know we all love how and and know. Our Haruka loves to communicate through her face and her facial expressions and her body language. And there is so much of that to unpack. Okay, let's begin. Haruka waits up and makes... Okay, so this all starts with Haruka waiting up and making... To make a soy milk soup dinner for Kenny. Which, like, the beginning everyone thinks is like a cream stew, but it's actually a non-dairy soy milk stew, like, version of a cream stew, which, like, looks really great. If you're into, like, a cream soup type thing, I think that would be, like, they rave about it. It looks really good. Someone should make a Terrace House cookbook. Okay, maybe I'll have, I'll cut that thought and make it myself. I don't know. I don't think I have time. I think, was it, like, Terrace House food? They should make the cookbook. Anyway, she says she made it to say thank you for him treating her to dinner at the Okinawan restaurant the other night. And Kenny thanks her for the meal upon finishing, telling Haruka it was delicious. Kenny says he's been so busy lately that he's missed out on the great deep conversation from the other day when they were discussing, you know, how the boys need to be more assertive and all this stuff. The girls respond, oh, you mean the one where we gave harsh feedback and we kind of ripped y'all a new one? (laughs) (laughs) so then like penny makes a conscious choice to even after shohei like kind of like told him 
and like was like dude like i think you're thinking way too highly of yourself and like the girls aren't thinking that you're you're all that jazz and like they they don't think your sauce is like the only like sold out sauce on the face of the planet like you know there's other sauces out there that they're like trying and open to and like they're not super like all in on your sauce yet dude he doesn't want to ask the girls out because he thinks that if he does they're going to misinterpret him as having feelings for them so he wanted to know what they thought about that in response haruka asks kenny which i think this is pretty clever well, then when I asked you to go to my friend's live show, did you just automatically assume that I have feelings for you since I asked you to go out or like, no. And then Kenny says, no, I didn't because that happened organically. Yeah, no. So Kenny says, well, maybe I'm just overthinking things. And simply put, he's also just kind of busy right now. And so his schedule is more free in June and that he wants to start hanging out with the girls. But basically. His Gemini placements are are being very obvious. Yeah, so he's like an overthinker. But I thought Haruka, how Haruka kind of answered and cleverly maneuvered that conversation was was a great response. I I feel like there's not a really great way to answer that. And then instead of being like, uh, no, which could sound super defensive, her responding and being like, well, let me just put you in our situation and be like, well, did you think the same thing if I put you in our situation? And he's just like, oh okay right and it's like trying she's trying to illustrate like how it's kind of presumptuous Mm -hmm. it's like that the date versus like friendly hangout type of thing yeah like she's like do you think just everything is just automatically a date Mm -hmm. and like she doesn't know that shohei tried to explain how obtuse he was being right but we know that just stating directly that it's going to be fine didn't work. So the fact that she exactly. instead flipped it and put him in her shoes. Right. He finally, once he could look at it from Kenny's perspective, then he, yeah. then Kenny could understand. <laughs> yes. When yep. Kenny puts it in his, is placed in the, it, I honestly, I hate to say it, but like, it's very Gemini of him because I'm a Gemini and I kind of, I'm very illustrative. Like I, I feel like, I, when people tell me something, I can understand it, but I understand something better if someone, like, the first time, if someone can place me and give me an example, and they're like, well, what about, like, or, like, even when it's, like, yoga or Pilates, like, when my Pilates instructor is like, no, you need to move your leg this way, like, like, for example, when I'm moving my leg, like, back and forth, she'll be like, she'll explain it to me, and then I'll be like, oh, so it's kind of like when you're pulling, like, a drawer in and out of like a hinge and it it's like in they have like little wheels that kind of guide them in and out kind of like that and she's like yes exactly and I'm like okay get it and then since then I've never done that move wrong in Pilates like I don't know maybe it's just me and like it's this like I don't know (laughs) and maybe I'm just like ascribing it to like being a Gemini (laughs) but I feel like it's very Gemini I don't know you're a Gemini what do you think that means I think, think I have an easy time adopting other people's viewpoints, but I and I attribute that to being a Gemini because we're all like seeing all sides of things. Yeah, maybe I'm just being too generous because I'm like, well, because you're, you're right. Like I can I can take things when people say them to me, like because when Shohei explained that, like to me, it sounded like a logical explanation. So to me, I guess like I like logical explanations, but if you can give me an illustrative example, like it'll help me remember. Like when I try to remember someone's name, like it's hard. I can either 
remember it when you remind me three times, or you can give me an anecdote that remind helps me remind your name. Like for example, I well, I'm just like very presumptuous because I have a hard time remembering people's names, and this is how ha- like I have an easier time if people give me like a trait. So I tell people like. My name is Michelle, like the Beatles song, because my parents named me after the Beatles song. And I have a song that, that I'm named after that's kind of like famous or like very widely known in pop culture. So it's not like not everyone is able to do that. But like I do that. And then mostly a lot of the time people can remember my name because I gave them something to like associate it with. Something to but, hold on to. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I mean, it, it's helpful for me if I can like place a context or like a joke or like something to a name i guess it's kind of like the concept of like colorism and like how that gets like becomes a thing because you ascribe a personality trait to a color or like a personality or stereotypes is a personality trait to a race or like a a trait that's that's not typically living or like breathing it's like subjective i don't know maybe i just it's just something that is easier for my brain to grasp on but Mm -hmm. I feel like I work the same way. (laughs) Like, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. During this dinner, Rizuko basically, in so many words, implies that maybe the reason Haruka gets so nervous around Kenny and things is because she likes him and basically stares at Kenny the entire time she's saying this, who is sitting across from the both of them at the dining room table. Suffice it to say, things get extremely, extremely awkward and uncomfortable haruka says that she gets the most nervous talking to kenny because she's not sure what to talk about with him and she says quote yeah you make me the most nervous risiko then quote says it's not that you don't understand him isn't it that you see him as a romantic interest verbatim saying i don't know as risiko replies well i think so I just feel like the reaction. Okay, let's jump her out. (laughs) Like I remember the first time I saw this, I took a deep breath. Like I, I my breath, like I, it caught. Like I was like, (gasps) (laughs) I was like hurting on the inside. I was like, oh my god, if I was Haruka right now, I would be livid. Really, just I was so I was livid for her. I just like was like, oh, especially because she they just had lunch. And she just was like, well, I'm, this is the point I was addressing earlier where she was like, well, I wasn't sure because people have certain people they like to, like, confide in. And this second, I was like, this is why she doesn't confide in you. I was like, yes. so mad. I was like, this is why no one wants to talk to you and no one wants to confide in you and no one wants yeah, to be your friend. Really like, that. like, where is the loyalty, man? Like, it was just... the person that you confide in and Risiko just broke all that trust. I don't know, because, like, I get it. They don't have any loyalties to each other, technically, but, like, it has to start somewhere, and, like, I don't know. It was just, anyway. It's, like, basic social contract stuff. Like, this is civility. We live in a society, blah, blah, blah. I know, and, like... reason for her to bring that up, too. Like, there was... So, Japan, like, come on, guys. Like, I was just, like, really, like, so shocked. I was, and maybe I'm giving, like, Japanese people too much credit as, but, like, as someone who grew up in Tokyo, like, I was just, like, 
even more shocked. Like, I just, I couldn't believe that this was happening. Like, even more with Japanese people who, like, live and grew up in Japan. I was just like, wow. Like, I, I it just, like, was really shocking to me. Wow. <laughs> I just, I'm, like, still in shock. Like, every time I think about this, like, my hands, like, start shaking and I get really uncomfortable. <laughs> Haruka gets embarrassed and swats at Risiko with her hand, saying, why would you say that? To which Risiko replies, isn't that how people work? Am I wrong? While looking at Kenny to back her up. And I wrote, oh my god, I die. <laughs> I was just like, I can't. Risiko says, I get nervous when I'm hanging out with someone I like. As Kenny sips his tea while disassociating. <laughs> which I'm sure you have a screen cap of that. But I took a screenshot of that because I was like, this is me. I need this as a reaction <laughs> gift. <laughs> or like Twitter or like disassociating and drinking tea is going to be my new favorite like response. And then Haruka looks like a literal deer in head headlights. Like her face, her her elbows are on are resting on the dining table. Her hands are cradling both sides of her face. And she's just like like you can only like see the center of her face popping out. And she's like just like her eyes are just like not blinking. And she just like looks so confused like she's like is this she looks like she's looking around like is this really happening right now yes, like traumatized. she can't like believe that she's in this situation and yeah. like it's like it feels like it's a movie i feel like to her yeah like, I, I i wouldn't know how to exist in that moment either yeah kind of like looks like she wants to dig a hole under the table and like disappear into it because that's how i feel right now she says this is a that's a tricky situation and then goes huh to which risiko conveniently snaps out of it very conveniently okay apologizing and saying to kenny i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that in front of you but even after she apologizes she still can't let it go and has to have the last word saying that's just what I think, not that I know. And even further, after Haruka emits the noise of disdain, isn't that the case? I'll stop talking about it. To which Kenny remarks he's not really sure what we're talking about, and he doesn't really know what to say right now. With an awkward, slightly confused expression on his face, Haruka sips her quietly, shooting Risiko the most disapproving side-eye. Kenny says that he's going to like go to the bathroom, and then just like disappears. And we find He's out probably like, like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> the entire time that Risiko has apologized previously, he does. She never actually once looks at Haruka once during the entire time of this conversation either. She mostly just looks at Kenny the entire time they're having this conversation, which makes me question like the genuineness of like her sharing this and like mm -hmm. the fact that it's kind of calculated. Yeah. And like, who is she in the moment where she apologizes? It's almost, is she apologizing to Kenny? Who is she apologizing to? She's not. I feel like she thinks that like, oh, I'm going to, she's apologizing to Kenny. But to her, she's like, if Haruka thinks that I'm apologizing to her, it works in her favor. So she, I feel like she said it that way because she like actually doesn't really care. And she's not really sorry to Haruka. But like, if she, but she has to apologize. So like, because that's appropriate so she like says it in a way to like that's how i read the situation anyway that she like said it to kenny because she never once looked at haruka i watched this like two times like i like i rewound it and i like rewatched the scene like multiple times just to like make sure like who she was addressing when she said this and she was looking at kenny the whole time like there's there's literally like i think like two to three times 
during the entire course of this conversation or Risigo even looks towards Haruka's position and even then she only glances she doesn't actually ever like rest her eyes on Haruka because like no, you can she can't it. take that heat but she's <laughs> like she she keeps pushing and she won't let it go but she is too much of a coward to actually look at her yeah. so she's kind of like a dirty person <laughs> I don't know it's kind of <laughs> Like, I feel like it's super muggy the way she's acting. Like, it was super calculated and, like, was purposely trying to embarrass her. But the thing is, I talked to a guy friend of mine and he, because I watched this episode, like, very close to another guy friend of mine. And he told me that he didn't view this this conversation at all the way that I did. He Hmm. thought that, like... Risiko was just like being on like open about it and she was just being joking and I was like are you serious mm. like it's so calculating and yeah. I think it's somewhere but- in between I'm not sure it's that calculating but I think she knows that she's saying something messed up but she also I think that she's justifying it to herself as being honest I think that she thinks her motives are not calculating right I, I don't I, know whether they actually are but I think that's how that's the story she's telling herself I think that that's an accurate assessment of the situation mm-hmm. Um, okay, then once Kenny leaves the room, Risiko apologizes to Haruka for the first time about being the one to bring up the whole maybe that means you like him conversation in front of Kenny. Quote, in the end, she feeling super awkward about it, even though she was the one to bring it up. And then she starts laughing. Haruka makes the face and responds saying it was extremely uncomfortable for me. The way that Risiko apologizes is is the the tone in which she is apologizing feels like very jovial and it it's it could be read as i feel like it could be read one of two ways which is one she feels super uncomfortable and is trying to like bring levity into the situation and trying to make it like the mood less like uncomfortable even though she's the one who made it that way and the other one is that she's not taking it super seriously. And I feel like the people in this, in this, com- involved in this conversation view the tone differently. Haruka decides to confront Risiko about the actions heretofore and sets a boundary that it was completely not okay with her. How Risiko seemingly just revealed her to their mutual crush that Haruka has feelings for him when she's not even really sure what exactly her feelings are yet. And she didn't give her her permission to do so. Rizuko does not respond that well. She kind of like rolled her eyes a little bit and laughed. Kind of just like, I can't believe you're saying this to me right now. And that was kind of like the vibe. She's just like, I don't know why you're being so upset about it. Okay, so the conversation goes kind of like this. Haruka says, you know, I'm interested in him, right? Rizuko says, of course. Haruka says, so that's why I get nervous around him. But I didn't want you to say that to Kenny. Basically, effectively telling him it's not cool. Risiko, laughing, says, I'm sorry, I don't understand people's emotions. But the way she says this in Japanese is, which is basically in the third person. And she's like, man, I don't understand people's feelings. Like, they're so confusing to me, which is kind of like, the the translation to like it's just very like not directly it's kind of passive aggressive like a passive aggressive observation of like man people's emotions are so complicated like I didn't realize that like me saying this like I just she's basically like people are complicated so it's like it's less her being like the way that the translation makes it sound like she's 
accepting that like I don't understand people's emotions like the problem is me whereas the way she says it actually in Japanese is more like the problem is other people not taking as much responsibility for the exact translation is I'm so sorry I don't understand people's emotions and the way she says it in Japanese is more reactionary like she goes like like I'm sorry like whatever and she's like well I it wasn't cool with me and then she she doesn't say like I'm so she doesn't it's not like I'm sorry I just don't understand people's emotions so like I'm sorry that it wasn't cool with you she's like it the conversation is like that wasn't cool with me and she's like Ugh, I just don't understand people's emotions like they're there's like they're so confusing to me like they make no sense like that's how she responded she didn't actually directly respond to what Haruka said or anything she's just like She's just like, people's emotions are so confusing. Like, how am I, why is the responsibility on me to, like, have to figure out and discern how other people feel in the moment? Which kind of ties back to, like, her whole thing earlier that she said at the lunch where she said, like, she wants to talk about Kenny out in the open because she doesn't want to have to worry about how people are feeling or thinking and, like, whether or not she can talk about, like, Kenny when she wants to. So, like, it feels like... I don't know. I'm interpreting the situation that it feels like Risiko kind of wants to be able to talk about Kenny whenever she wants on her terms. And she doesn't really want to have to think about like how other people feel about that or how that affects other people. That's kind of like how I read the situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'm yeah. being super hard, but it feels kind of selfish to me. But that's just, I don't know, maybe she needs to, like, give us more context. But right now, in the way that it's being presented, I just feel like there isn't that much consideration for the other person, especially considering that they're living in a house together. Because, like, her argument is that because they're living in a house, they should be open. But, like, there should, I don't know, I'm of the person, I'm of, I'm of the camp that there should also be a level of, like, kindness and consideration as someone who is living in a house with the person that you're interested in and also the other person who is interested in the person that you're interested in. And but maybe that that's Haruka just... Haruka doesn't want the confrontation. You know, like, they just talked about that. Like, Haruka maybe... doesn't like these kind of conversations. Yeah. Maybe it's just ascribing too much, like, hindsight. maybe that's what it is and it's not fair to just say that so haruka is now really concerned that kani might be thinking that she is really into him right now and and risiko goes he probably is thinking (laughs) and yourself in further honey basically i feel like at this point risiko is like done with this conversation and she doesn't really want to like be involved so like She's kind of, like, dismissing, but it's coming off as being extremely flippant. And then Haruka's, like, very concerned, and she's like, oh, my God, like, I now he's probably thinking, like, I'm super into him. And Risiko's like, yeah, she, he probably is thinking you're super into him. And she's like, you were the one who did this. Like, what the hell? Yeah. What is your problem? Like, that's kind of, like, her face in the mm-hmm. moment. She doesn't say anything. She just kind of, like, her face just kind of, like, reacts. Like, I, are you serious? Like. She didn't, ex- like, it's just, I don't know what she, like, really expected her to, like, say, but, like, I just, it's just kind of shocking when someone, like, is so adamant and leans into that. So, Risiko just laughs again and says, like, did you really hate it that much? And Haruka goes, yeah, I really did. I wouldn't even imagine talking about your feelings in the way that you did about mine, but that's just me. And that, but she, she says that first, she's like, I wouldn't even think about it. And then 
she like waits a beat and she's like, but that's just me. And then Risiko goes, yeah, just you, right? <laughs> just like, oh my God. This is a literal girl fight. Yeah. And she's like, has her arms crossed around her chest. And then she just kind of laughed. And then Yamachan over audio descriptions, audio commentary says it almost seems as if Risiko was mocking Haruka. Risiko asks Haruka exactly how interested in Kenny she actually is. And Risiko replies she doesn't really know yet. Risiko says, you know, you always say you don't know that. But when I was looking at your facial expressions, when I just asked you if you think you get nervous around Kenny because it means you like him, the way your face was, it, it was apparent to me that you do like him. And then Haruka goes, well, I might like him then. And then Risika goes, I think you do like him. <laughs> it's just like, it's like a standoff. Yeah. It, like was... the Wild West. They're literally yeah. like playing chicken with each other. Like it's just relationship, emotion, chicken. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Haruka asks Risiko if she minds if Haruka leaves to go talk to Kenny and clear the air because he's probably super awkward now that he probably thinks she's super into him and at this point under her breath Haruka says Nankanaku, which wasn't caught by the subtitles which is like her like you can see on her face she's very like She's about to cry. Like, she's tearing up already. She's very emotional. And under her breath, she says, which means, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to cry. Like, that's she says that under her breath. And they don't actually transcribe it. And, like, but that's what she says under her breath. She just kind of, like, as she, like, turns her face, and she's like, and then at that point, Risiko says to Haruka, well, if I, at this point, then in response to that, that she says, I think, I I don't know why, but I think I'm going to cry. Risiko says to Haruka, well, if I didn't want someone talking about my feelings in that way, if it were me, and then Haruka goes, she immediately interrupts her and says, people don't usually blurt these things out. I wouldn't even imagine talking about your feelings in that way if I knew you liked him. I would never announce it like that in front of him altogether. Just because I knew I wouldn't step in and talk on behalf of someone else. Haruka says, that's just me. And Risiko replies, just you, and laughs again. After this, Haruka gets up and walks towards the boys' room, glancing back towards the dining table, shooting Risiko a very icy death stare and a frustrate out of frustration that she now has to confront Kenny before she's actually even ready to and doesn't really know how she feels, and then knocks and then enters. Haruka then goes into the boys' room to clear the air with Kenny, when she lifts her face, she can't control the tears. She was trying to hold back. She didn't want to cry, but then she just can't keep it together any longer, and she breaks down, and the episode ends. That was very tense. So now, yeah, we can talk discussion. Let's break this down. I think I want to kind of, like, touch on Haruka's point of just because I knew I wouldn't step in and talk for someone else. So do you, what do you think motivated Risiko's actions here? Like, do you think she was just trying to step in and like talk because she, now she knew and like throw it out there? Do you think there's like a deeper meaning ascribed to her actions? Or do you think that she didn't really actually think before she said anything? She was just like being herself. Or do you think it was just like self-serving and that like this 
her saying this to Kenny in this way in front, like, is, like, works in her favors. It can also be a combination of all of those things. <laughs> I, I definitely think that it's a, a combination of a couple different things. I don't know. I, I've, until this point, I had been team Risiko. So this, like, kind of threw me because I do think Haruka is, like, stuck up and, and not yeah. very willing to engage with other people on their level she doesn't want to try and understand people that's super fair so like the way you know i would be feeling bad in the situation too but every time haruka says but that's just me i would also go insane and be like stop acting like you're mm-hmm. this superior mor- moral being haruka. right right <laughs> i feel like what she's saying isn't wrong and isn't like and it's totally fair, but every time she goes, but that's just me. It just like undercuts everything that she just said and like the point she made, which is very like valid. Exactly. It just makes you want to go. You're so annoying. But then, which I understand. But then when Risa goes, huh, just you, and then laughs, it's also like, oh god, this is so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane reaction. <laughs> yeah, and then like the panelists go, like I think Babachan says, like, is it really like? a super understandable reaction to like cry over some boy that you like didn't even really think you liked until like last week (laughs) and you called him boring and like you don't even really know him that well yeah i just think that she was super embarrassed like i think that yeah i think that's why it kind of what brought the emotional kind of tears and i think she was like i don't know i think she felt super uncomfortable and embarrassed and that was kind of how She's kind of started to show that, I think, was by in some tears. Yeah, I yeah. don't think she's crying over Kenny. She's crying over, uh, oh my god, I'm gonna look so dumb on television. Yep. Yeah, that's what I, well, that's what yeah. I would cry over. That's why yeah. I'm crying. I would be Which like, is like, 100% valid. Like, you're so on it, more people are gonna see you in this moment than any other time in your life, and this is the impression that you're leaving, and that I sucks. Know. And, like, it's just, it's also, like, I I do understand that because I'm just, like, I, I, because it's just, like, those are my feelings. Like, tell him your own feelings. Like, you like him, too. Like, why are you throwing me under the bus? Like, what? Yeah, it felt a little mean girly with me to go, like, kind of, like, jabbing like this. And, like, you just said, like, why didn't you talk about your own feelings? Like, it definitely felt a little mean girly. Yeah. Kind of is talking about her feelings because she did tell Kenny, like, previous when her Risiko and Kenny went out to lunch or whatever dinner and or no it was on the no it was on the roof when Kenny asked Risiko how what Haruka like if Haruka's into anyone and like if she's into him or into Ruka or whatever and then Haruka said it's not my place to divulge Haruka's personal feelings but then said um, but then she said, but I will say that she and I have the same taste in guys and that we both like the same guy. But Haruka doesn't know that. But technically, Riseko did say that she and Haruka like the same guy. So by telling Kenny that Haruka is into him, she's also kind of like, I mean, Kenny doesn't pay attention. So I don't expect <laughs> him to remember that. But I feel like in Riseko's mind, she's also kind of like being like hint hint like i also kind of like you without actually saying it so she's like low stakes like revealing using haruka's feelings to reveal her own feelings low stakes i feel like that's a very calculated way of reading it because of hindsight 
But like, I would be stupid not to point it out. Yeah, I get the vibe more that Risiko is almost like reacting in an almost animal place. And this is me like putting myself way too much into her shoes. Like, I've definitely been in situations where I'm like, oh, are we just not going to say the thing that we're all thinking right now? <laughs> is I'm the one who has to say it. I'm the one who has to put it on the table. Okay, here's what's going on. Like, right. when I get frustrated, though, the way that I deal with it is I express what I think is the most accurate truth in the bluntest terms possible. Yeah, that's, right. That's my coping mechanism. If I feel like I'm powerless in a situation, I, I describe that power. situation and my lack of power in, like, the ugliest terms possible yeah. because I'm being aggressive. But I feel like that might be what's happening. No, I, I think that's fair. I've done, when my mom and I get into arguments... This is this is really dark and like it will it will it's very revealing about me. That's like a very ugly side of me. That was like when I was younger and I was a teen and I was like very angsty and my mom and I would get into fights. Like one of the things I would do was like my mom English is her second language, so I would start like yelling in English and then I would start using like five syllable like SAT words and I would like use them correctly and like throw them in her face and like talk really fast and then like be all like lawyery like my dad and then my mom would get so mad and she would like ignore me for like a week and that's how we cope but I was like very like Barbie and I was like very I, I, I would kind of do this similar thing where it's like what I'm saying isn't wrong, but there's like a way to say it. And I wouldn't say it that way. I would say it the way that would like hurt the most. But I could argue it away by saying like, well, you know, like it's not wrong because it wasn't technically wrong. But the way I said it was wrong, like not right. Let's yeah. put it that way, I guess. So I kind of like get where she's coming from. And it's kind of like when you're backed into a corner, it's like fight or flight. And then like sometimes you just get reactionary especially like if you get if you if you are being kind of like othered in her own way she's kind of being othered and it's not necessarily that she is like she is partially excluding herself but like there is like a tox like not a toxic environment but there is an environment happening or being created where she doesn't feel comfortable or welcome to be a part of it so like if you're constantly living in that situation 24 7 for a few months like it's going to be taxing and it's going to take a toll on you especially if you're sharing a room with those people. So I think that's completely fair. How would you have reacted if you were in Haruka's shoes and this happened to you? How do you think you would have responded, Caitlin? I would have been absolutely horrified. <laughs> like I, like this whole episode, I'm like, oh my God, like I would hate to be Haruka. I think her and I are similar yeah. in how she handled it. Like I, I honestly probably would have started crying. Like I would have been so embarrassed. Like I don't even like when I'm at a bar or a club and my friends go up to a guy and be like, oh my God, friend thinks you're so cute and I'm like hiding in a corner like I would feel so awkward I probably would have thrown in some jabs as well like I definitely wouldn't have just sat there and been silent but I definitely still like I felt for her with how embarrassed and stuff she was I would have felt very like attacked <sighs> it's so uncomfortable how do you yeah. think she like yeah like I don't do you think you, yeah you would have responded in the same way I don't know if I have you ever been in a situation like that before? Me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying and to think if I've been in a situation yeah, like that. Yeah, it's before. horrifying. Yeah. No, it made me super, super uncomfortable. Okay. To me, like when I was in that situation, it felt like an attack. Like it felt like I was being put on the spot, like intentionally meant to feel a bit inferior in that right. situation. 
even if that wasn't necessarily what the other people were intending you to feel, mm-hmm. it didn't change the fact that you felt that way. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it came across. Yeah. I guess it's like the consideration factor, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I guess there is something to say about like being at least a step above from like calling dibs on someone. Like, at least they're not, well, I called dibs. Yeah. Like, they're both still like, oh, we're both <laughs> interested. Like, we can both date. But you it's know, not super far away from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for one of them to be like, nope, dibs, bye. <laughs> and like Kenny's passivity isn't helping either because then it becomes completely a tug of war between these two because he is not adding. Like if if he expressed more interest in one of them, right. then that would settle it. Yeah, the other he's one not- would back off. Because he's not necessarily trying to, like, de-escalate the situation either, which, like, I mean, it's really, to be fair, it's hard to do that without sounding like a douche, being like, okay, ladies, let's calm down. Like, that would be really annoying. I mean, it's hard to do that. But then his response of, like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to react. I don't really know what to say right now. And then, like, sipping his tea and then kind of, like, like smiling about it oddly because like, I pa- I love this show called Lie to Me which is like canceled but it's based on this guy who's like the FBI specialist who tells like who discerns whether or not people are telling truth and he has this like uh, theory about things called micro expressions so if you like freeze someone's face while they're saying something you can actually like your face will in a split second reveal your true emotion of how you actually feel about something so it's kind of like when people are lying and they say no but they're shaking their head yes and then when they're saying yes, but they shake their head no, it means they actually want to say no, but they're saying yes, or they mean no, but they're saying yes. It's kind of like the same thing. So like I froze Kenny's expression after he said that and the girls are talking and he was kind of like looking down, but he looked kind of like happy about it. Like he was just kind <laughs> of like, it just kind of seemed like I interpreted from that micro expression that he was kind of enjoying even though he was super uncomfortable, he was kind of enjoying the fact that they were fighting over him. But that was just like what I discerned from a very split second micro expression on his face. <laughs> because I'm obsessive and I love weird shit like that. He wasn't necessarily like discouraging it. Even th- he wasn't encouraging it, but he wasn't necessarily discouraging it. He was just like, well, washing my- I wash my hands of it, like throwing my hands up. He's like, but it's not doesn't involve me, it involves you. But it, it involves him very much. What do you think about how Risiko responded about like how she responded to Haruka calling her out? I mean, we kind of talked about this, but how do you think like like her actions are going to come across or like where do you see this going? I like truly don't understand her reaction. It's so confusing. Like I'm, I'm really trying to understand like the logical explanation behind like why she feels so annoyed by Haruka expressing her feelings about like I don't know this wasn't cool and she's just like nah I don't understand and then like I mean you can still agree to disagree and like not agree with someone but like not blatantly like I don't know like you can disagree with someone without disrespecting their opinion completely yeah yeah and it's just it's so awkward it's so surprising to me, too, especially, like, this was a really fascinating case study in Japanese, like, modern young person culture to me as someone. Like, I just, it's just so bizarre to me because it's so different from anything I'm used to. Like, it's just there's, especially from, like, in Japan, like, someone who is 
three years someone's junior because there's a whole concept of like age and respect and senpai kohai and like all this stuff of like how i don't know if it's arbitrary or whatever and like it's subjective and some people might not agree to this but there is this concept of like people who are older than you do deserve a certain amount of respect and she doesn't even believe that i really wonder what kind of people she does respect that would be curious to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we are for episode eight. That was long and stressful. And I don't really know where we're going to go from here, but uh, we're going to open next week with Haruka and, and Kenny in the boys' room. <laughs> and Haruka is crying. Trying I'm to, super curious to see what she says to yeah, him. Yeah, trying to pretty <laughs> air. It's, yeah and i think it's entitled girl fight the next episode so if we, mm-hmm. if this was entitled passive boys and not girl fight but the next episode is entitled girl fight like i'm just a little nervous about what's gonna be happening yeah it does not bode well no it does not bode well but since we don't have to talk about that now we can worry about that another day bethy thank you so much again for taking the time and getting terraced out with us really thanks for having it. me i heard you have a book coming out or it's out it's out yeah that's awesome why don't you tell us a little and the listeners a little bit about it and where we can find it and it's very appropriate since caitlin and i are both book bloggers and booktubers so yeah. yay book blogs yay yeah i just my sci-fi novel just came out it's called the ant queen and the bounty hunter and it's about a pandemic so i feel weird about it right oh now. my god look at you <laughs> the timing pro- timing appropriate um, is it appropriate it's just very like on the money right now it's current for sure Premonitory. Uh, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but it's available if if you like coping with stress by reading about different stress it's available at fineeditions.org. That's amazing. I have been reading a lot since this whole thing happened. Actually, I just finished reading the graphic novel series, a graphic novel series about like an invasion of qu- clockwork, like zombie beings. And so, yeah, it's kind of like an invasion, not so much a pandemic, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's so awesome. Um, where can we find you on social media? Sure. On Twitter, my personal one is at Bethy, B-S-Q-U. And then the Terrace House one is just called Terrace House Cap. And then on Instagram, I'm just Bethy Squires. Awesome. Caitlin, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on social media? So you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Screen Books. And that's where I talk about everything books, movies, comics, pop culture related content. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief and over on my bookstagram on Instagram at traveling book nerds, all one word. And we're also wrapping our Patreon for Terraced Out. So as we said before, we've been coming up with some really, really fun extra content that we hope you'll enjoy. I think we released prior that we're going to be doing things like sorting everyone into their Hogwarts houses because, you know, cross content, obviously, since we're book bloggers. (laughs) And since I am an astrology trash whore, I did everyone's birth charts for the last, for every single season of Terrace House that has ever existed. So we're going to start doing member birth charts one by one, probably, and we'll be explaining deeply where their psyches lie 
thank you again, everyone, for listening to us here. And if you keep listening, you can hear where you can find Terrorist Out on all the platforms and where you can listen to us from Jack. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you next episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite provider is, you will be able to find Terrorist Out Podcast. If there is somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terrorist Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Terrorist Out. <laughs> <laughs>